0: The podcast members of the chamber is presented by Piper Foods and fueled by McCafe. If you're listening in your car, why not stop by one of Piper Foods' five McDonald's locations in Oakville or look them up on any McDelivery service. We thank Piper Foods for their generous support of our chamber and for everything they do in the community. Now let's get started. Welcome back! It's season two of our podcast, Members of the Chamber. Oakville Chamber members, one story at a time. Members of the Chamber is a podcast. For each episode, we sit down with one member of our Chamber community and have a conversation. A conversation about their individual entrepreneur or professional journey, their job, and how they ended up where they are today. My name is Drew Redden, and I'm the President and CEO of the Oakville Chamber of Commerce. We're broadcasting from the Staples Studio co-working Facility located at 320 North Service Road West in Oakville, Ontario, and this is Members of the Chamber. <music> Members of the Chamber is brought to you by the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Next to their salary, most employees feel benefit coverage is the most important thing their employer can offer. That's why more than thirty thousand business owners choose Chamberplan. It helps you attract the high-caliber talent you need to be competitive in your industry, and it can help you hold on to them once you find them. Get a free quote at Chamberplan.ca, or by contacting your local Chamberplan advisor, which in Oakville is the Heinick Financial Group at nine zero five three one nine 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 nine, or at info at hfgb.ca. Kristen, we're back. Has anything been going on in the world since we last recorded episodes?
1: Well, it has been a challenging time for businesses as we all deal with this pandemic. uh, But the team here at Staples Studio has been great for ensuring that all public health measures are in in place. uh, So we feel pretty safe uh, broadcasting from here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, last season we had all our guests join us in studio. Uh, This time it will all be virtual.
1: The power of technology.
0: So, certainly. So, how about you tee up uh, what we have lined up for this season on Members of the Chamber?
1: So, for this season of Members of the Chamber, we reached out to our chamber community and connected with members that have changed or, dare I say, pivoted
0: their careers
1: over the years, moving industries, sectors, or sometimes even countries. We're going to dive into their stories, the challenges they overcame, and ultimately what made them successful.
0: And we really do have a great number of guests lined up for this season. And I'm excited to give them this platform to share their story.
1: Me too. And on that note, why don't we get started and bring in our first guest?
0: Let's go. Joining us today on Members of the Chamber is Nancy Fornicero. Nancy is an author, journalist, ghostwriter, and editor, and has worked as a self-employed publishing consultant for 20-plus years. Prior to that, Nancy was a high school teacher and she has maintained close ties to that world thanks to collaborations on many educational publishing projects. In 2018, Nancy launched into entrepreneurship on a totally different scale, founding Ace Coworking, Oakville's first full-service coworking space. Being familiar with the challenges that come with the freelance, work-from-home life, Nancy had a sense that other local solopreneurs and consultants were seeking a more collegial and professional location to work from. An alternative to the dining room tables and coffee shops. Her hunch was good. In the span of 14 months, ACE has grown into a vibrant and diverse community of 90 plus entrepreneurs, remote workers, and small business owners. Nancy, we're thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thank you for making the time.
2: Hi, Drew. Thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Nancy, t- that's
2: kind of like a long track record. I think it's giving away my age. <laughs> it, was a, scary.
0: it was an impressive track record. <laughs> So, Nancy, the tables are turned because a couple of months ago, I had the privilege to join your Instagram live show, Play the Ace. And uh, I have to say, it's always better to have the opportunity to go second so I can get payback for all those tough questions you asked me.
2: (laughs) They were easy. Come on. I
0: know. I'm only joking. But that was a lot of fun doing that. And I encourage everyone to listen, listening to this podcast, to check out uh, your social media and to tune into an upcoming episode of uh, Play the Ace. So, Nancy, early on, uh, what was it you wanted to be when you grew up?
2: Well, you know, during childhood, sort of every age has its (laughs) changes and your mindset and so on. But I I guess I could say that by the time I hit uh, thinking about entering university, at that point, my goal was to be an international diplomat because I really enjoyed languages, learning languages in high school. And I always had this desire to travel. And somehow in my mind, those two things, would collide into that career. How many careers do you know about when you're 18 or whatever? But that was one that I thought, okay, that's what I'm going to do. But um, once I did enter university and I took all the right courses for, you know, for that path, I happened to take an English class that I loved. And uh, interestingly, I didn't really like English that much in high school. I did okay in it, but it wasn't my favorite subject. And uh, I was very inspired by a prof and I, completely changed tack, and I decided to get a degree. um, I did a combined degree in French and English, and I didn't know what I would do with it, but I dropped the whole politics and diplomacy stuff. (laughs) And uh, little by little, anyway, I ended up where I ended up.
0: So author, journalist, ghostwriter, and editor, um, with your English degree in in hand, starting out, was there a topic uh, that you were really passionate about writing about, or were you just chasing any lead or story to just get that experience?
2: Well, really, the way it happened was it was kind of like an organic uh, segue because, uh, as you mentioned, I was a high school English teacher at the beginning of my career, and um, I again, I loved the literature, I loved the writing piece, I even liked coaching kids, but the whole like classroom management piece, I didn't enjoy that very much. <laughs> So, but I knew I always had this strong interest in education and in um, learning and in writing. So what I did, that was my first job in publishing. I was working on textbooks, educational textbooks. And then my early um, foray into journalism was around those topics, again, around education and learning. So it wasn't, uh, I did have a passion for it, Mm. uh, definitely, but it kind of all happened because I had that knowledge base and it was a natural fit.
0: That's interesting, and uh, you know when you think of a business card, a ghostwriter. That's kind of a cool business card uh, if you ever had one, if you ever had one of those with that on it. But talk to, <laughs> talk to us about that process. Is it hard to see your work with someone else's name on it, or is that just part of the, the business for you when you're in that role?
2: No, that it is not hard at all. In fact, sometimes sometimes the authors I work with want to um, acknowledge me very publicly, either in the acknowledgments or you know on the cover of the book and I don't uh I don't feel it's appropriate one and I don't actually look forward to (laughs) I don't really enjoy the spotlight I'm more behind the scenes person I've always been even in the job I'm in now for that matter I, I I'm good in a supporting role so I like to help people um bring their goals to fruition that's that's how I see myself so um, and a good ghost writer really disappears. If you're good at it, you're not noticeable. That's the whole idea of it because the, um, the actual person you're writing on behalf of, it's their voice that should show up and their ideas. So I'm just kind of polishing it, enhancing it, bring it to light, but really it's their story and their, or their, um, you know, if it's an expert, it would be their viewpoint, their expertise. So no, I actually like being quietly in the background and letting them be in the foreground.
0: So do you think the average reader would be surprised uh, how many ghostwriters there are out there?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And even in my role, you know, many years before starting the ghostwriting, I was an editor and I mean, I always have nonfiction books and the amount of work that an editor does, what really surprises people when they see what it is, because the raw material is extremely raw sometimes. Interesting. So um, yeah, people would always be I think most people be very astonished to see what a manuscript looks like when it's submitted.
0: So as, as a writer, an editor, any of these uh, titles, uh, you know, producing a document, um, you know, whether it's a book, a textbook, or an article, it's almost like a legacy piece. Is, are there any memorable pieces uh, that you wrote early in your career that you still find yourself reflecting on?
2: Yeah, well, you know, in the editorial role, again, I didn't feel as much ownership of the actual Um, publication in the end, whether it was a book or, or a um, article. But later, it was later in life that I segued into the the writer role, when after I had my kids, in fact, because I was sort of working part time. And I thought, you know, let me try my hand at being the actual writer in these scenarios. And uh, yeah, so I, I really, they were all passion projects. At that point in my life, it wasn't really like I was working to make a living. So I only did things that I really enjoyed. It had to be a topic. That was really enjoyable. The one that really stands out, I met this woman who was one of 21 kids. She grew up in Newfoundland, in, uh, yeah, Newfoundland and um, she was an amazing artist that was quite unrecognized in Canada, even though she's extremely talented. And I got to know her and I did a big feature and I, I actually won, um, it was at the time it was submitted in a student award. And uh, contest and it got some recognition, but I never really um, found a good magazine to publish it in, even though it was interesting. I got good feedback. It ended up in a little newspaper out west that nobody's ever heard of. But just recently, I found out that her work was accepted in an important art museum uh, in the in the eastern provinces because of the article I wrote. So I was so excited that I helped her work come to light even though I didn't, you know, so that piece really means a lot
0: to me. That's amazing. Must be uh, very rewarding as well.
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: So in your intro, I alluded to the challenges you saw in working from home as a freelancer, which led you to go out and build a business from the ground up. Now, Nancy, lots of people face problems and see opportunities in their day-to-day lives, but few have the drive to go out and create the solutions themselves. So how did you do it?
2: Well, I never set out to be an entrepreneur, uh, at all. Uh, in fact, I got the coworking idea because I was hired to write a story about the coworking industry when it was kind of a burgeoning industry a number of years ago. And I was sent as a journalist to try it out and I was completely blown away. I thought this is exactly what I need. <laughs> you know, I've been, I was feeling kind of isolated in my home office and not building my own business. Um, you know, it's very limiting to try to build a business when you're working from home. You don't really meet people and, or colleagues and you don't share ideas with people. So um, anyway, I tested it out. I thought, this is what I need for my own business. And then I looked around our region and I didn't see any co-working spaces. <laughs> and uh, I thought, okay, I'll just wait for one to come up and I'll be the first person to join. And I did that for about a couple, it took me a long time for this idea to sink in that. Oh, yeah, I could do this. Did not occur to me right away. Um, so what gave me the drive to do it? I just knew it was a good idea, like really deep in my gut. And also uh, my husband, who's a business consultant, he was the one really who gave me the nudge. He said, you know, you could do this thing. And, um, yeah, we mapped it all out. And I thought, oh, look at that. It could work. <laughs> and I knew I had the skills to do it. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, I can't say that I'm one of those brave entrepreneurs, though, who always wanted to own a business and jumped right in. It took like three years of mulling it over and waiting for someone else to do it.
0: Well, well, it's still pretty impressive uh, what you've been able to do. And, uh, you know, reflecting on those early days of starting this business, was there ever a time you want to throw your hands up in the air and just give up?
2: Uh, You know, Drew, at at the beginning, because I'd given it so much forethought, it was, I knew that we were... It was a good idea and that there was a market for it here locally and that people would embrace it. And they did. Mm-hmm. So things went pretty smoothly. I mean, cons- not perfect. There are always hiccups and mistakes you make along the way, but it was going very smoothly, exceeding my expectations for smoothly for two years <laughs> until COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And so that I definitely threw up my hands. I mean, when that happened, I thought I've dedicated all my energy and all you know, my whole life at this point, I've, I'm not even writing anymore at all, mm. um, to bringing people together in a physical space, telling them, don't stay at home. I'm, I'm telling people, do not stay at home. Come on out and be with us. And I thought, what is going to become of Ace co-working, you know, in this environment? So in April, yeah, I in fact, I didn't even come into the office for a few weeks. I felt really demoralized. And um, I sent my husband in <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I'll sit there. It's basically empty anyway. And uh, I'll just, I'll just hang out. So yeah, it was, it, I was scared. I didn't think it would, um, I wasn't sure what would happen, but anyway, we have come out of it fairly, you know, we're doing fine. It was just scary at the outset of this whole pandemic, you know, obvious for obvious reasons. I think all of us business owners were freaking out a little bit.
0: Absolutely. And we have a thousand members at the chamber and, uh, you know, I remember those early days we were calling each one of them and, and just hearing the stories that uh, that, that uh, different businesses were going through the resiliency in this community is uh, is something we should all be proud of. but uh, you know I
2: remember your call I was at home
0: <laughs> oh, I was you? at
2: home that yep. was during my hiding I was hiding at home <laughs> going what's gonna happen next And you called there was a lot of support you know your call from the chamber from our members and little by little we realized, oh yeah we're gonna get through this let's let's, let's just put on our big girl pants and go back to work.
0: Yeah, well, I think uh, you know. Building off that, one thing I really admire about what you built at Ace is the sense of community you feel when you walk through the doors. Um, so, two parts that: why was building that community so important to your business model? And uh, I guess more of a more of an assumption, but that community must have been what's gotten you through this this COVID time as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. You're you're exactly right about that. I mean, our members have been amazing, and our partners just. To- being supportive, people sticking with us, even if they didn't need their space. Actually, some some people kept their memberships going, even though they haven't come in to this day. In fact, some of them, a few. Um, and you know, we're much more. We uh, our tagline is more than an office. And I knew that when I set out to do this, it was not really going to be about the desks and the offices, although they're nice and and necessary. It would be about that energy that we built in between people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew that would be especially important in our area because, you know, a lot of co spaces thrive in big cities where people can't really work from home because they live in small apartments and, you know, various other reasons where real estate costs are too high. Um, but here, you know, most of our members actually have really nice home offices. <laughs> they could work from them if they wanted to, but they choose to work here because they just, um, you know, they want that energy of being around other like-minded professionals and, you know, a lot of friendships have formed here. That was really what I set out to do was to create those kinds of personal connections between people.
0: Yeah. And, you know, even us at the chamber, we have our own office space, but we've, we've come down and uh, used your space a number of times, whether it's, we need an offsite meeting or a space to film something. So, can you talk a little bit about that community you built, and uh, just for those of us, or for those listeners that may not be familiar with Ace, what is aside from being that place where people go to work? What are some of the other activities you you provide your members?
2: Well, during uh, you know normal times, let's say, <laughs> even yeah. though we have we have adapt, we've adapted and do sort of modified versions of most of these activities. But for example, we have a book group um, where we read business books once a month, and I I used to provide breakfast for people. We call it a book talk breakfast. Now we don't have the breakfast piece, but we still do our, we do it virtually, our book group. Uh, We have a lunch and learn every month where we invite an expert from our community or one of our local partners in to share their expertise. We have a lot of social things, happy hours and potlucks. And uh, we have something called bagel bonding where we try bagels from all around town and (laughs) just get to know each other, a little bit of networking. So a lot of that social stuff, uh, gosh, what else? There's, I don't know. There are a lot of anything that brings people together and our members often will have the ideas too, which is really wonderful. They'll come to me and say, Hey, why don't we all, someone just now said, why don't we decorate ornaments and we'll try to figure out how to physically distance and do it for the holiday time. Oh, great. Okay. We'll try to figure that out. So, um, comes from the members. Comes from us. Also, we, we collaborate with, some um, associations like Halltech, Tech. Silicon Halton, the Oakville um, Film Festival. I know I'm going to miss some people, but various community organizations, and we'll collaborate with them to do events, whether here, usually here on site.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's really great to hear, you know, a business that is really built on providing a safe space and bringing people together, even in a pandemic, uh, you know, when that's not the focus for a lot of people, you're finding innovative ways to, uh, to continue to do that. So what makes you optimistic about the future?
2: Well, the same thing that made me optimistic about this business, but it was scary. But I decided to leap in. I believe deep down that people really want to be together, not on Zoom. <laughs> you know, not that's fine. It's a fine substitute for a while. But the, the what happens when people really come together and start sharing interesting ideas and start being supportive of one another is magical. That's that's how human beings are wired so uh, that is not going to change this is neurologically wired into who we are as as human beings and we are going to come back together i'm sure of it i do not have a timeline for you drew i wish i did i don't <laughs> i don't know when it's going to happen but i know for sure it's going to happen
0: i know i know and we uh, we keep reminding ourselves at the chamber that it's going to happen again we host 70 in-person events a year and it's uh, killing us yeah to be at home and try and do things virtually. And uh, so we can't wait till we can uh, see you at a business after hours in the future as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be the first one in line. (laughs) (laughs) So Nancy, this is our first episode of season two, but uh, we're going to continue with something we started in season one, where we end all our interviews with the same question. And that is, what is the best piece of advice you've received in your career?
2: Well, um, I can tell you when I first, Uh, you know, my career has taken many curves and twists and turns. And um, when I launched into this business at ACE, it overlapped with a book project, in fact, that I was wrapping up. And it was for um, a couple of life coaches. I was ghostwriting the book for them. And this book was called Discover Your Compass. And it was all about following your intuition when you're making important life decisions, which wasn't really my forte, actually. I'm more analytical. I sort of want... You know, I want to see analysis and measurements and I want guarantees. And in working on that book for over a year with these experts, uh, I learned so much from them. And what they taught me to do was kind of follow my gut, which Mm -hmm. wasn't something I did do instinctively. And when they heard that I was launching a business, uh, when the book was over, uh, they said to me, just remember everything we talked about in the book, follow your gut, cancel out the noise, you know, you know, you probably know what the right path is for each decision you're about to make and just trust your gut. So I would say that was the best advice I got just when I needed it.
0: I think that's such a good way to end this interview. And uh, I love that question because there's always such insightful uh, information that comes from it to share, uh, share with the members and all our listeners here. So Nancy, it is always a pleasure chatting with you and today has been no different. Uh, Thank you for being our first guest as we navigate our new COVID realities with this podcast.
2: It is my pleasure to be with you, Drew, and see you in person as soon as possible.
0: To our members and listeners, thank you for taking your time out of your busy day to join us. If you know someone that would make an interesting guest on Members of the Chamber, please send us a note to info at oakfieldchamber.com. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure you stay up to date with what's going on at the Chamber by following along on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you to our producer and Chamber Communications Manager, Kristen Curry. And last but certainly not least, thank you to the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan and the Heineck Financial Group for supporting this episode. Talk to you soon, Oakville Chamber. Have a safe and productive day.